live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, I know normally we've got the 4 o'clock reset at uh, 4 o'clock, the halfway point to the Burns and Gambo Show. We'll get you caught up on everything going on in sports coming up at 4.15. We'll push that back a little bit here because we've got this parade of Diamondbacks guests coming in here as we're live from Salt River Fields. And joining us right now as we're live here in the uh, left field pavilion, Paven Smith on the Burns and Gambo Show. Paven, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. Good. I had a conversation with Tori Labello. He's on with us every single week during the whole season. I said, uh, you, you got this is a tough choice, but how are you going to find some at-bats for Paven Smith? I mean, this team is loaded, and you know you are traditionally a very, very good hitter, um, you know, especially against right-handed pitching. So it, when you look at when you look at your options right now, the ability to play a little first, a little outfield, DH, are you, do you think that maybe the versatility can help you get those at-bats? Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have. You know, you're looking around at the clubhouse and seeing all the talent. It's, uh, it's definitely an exciting year uh, for me. Yeah, you just... Uh, you know, work however you can and, you know, let the coaches decide that. Yeah, we've seen you have a, a, some incredible at-bats and games, you know, in this league. We know you can flat-out rake. Last year, a little bit of a slump, and then and then obviously with Reno, and then the injury occurred. Mm-hmm. So how are you health-wise going into this year? Uh, 100%, yeah. Uh, ever since I've come back, I haven't felt it. My The bone I broke in my hand once, so it's been good. Did that kind of slow you down a little bit? Because you missed, what, about two months of at-bats? Uh, yeah, but I ended up getting making up for those at bats down in the DR. Uh, that was a good time being able to uh, experience that culture, and they love to uh, they love baseball in there, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that in particular. What because of the injury was it your decision, the organization's decision? Mutually, did you just decide this is the best thing for you to do to go down to yeah, the Dominican was, to get those at bats? Yeah, I was thinking about it uh, already, and then they came up to me and was just like, "Is this something you want to do? You don't have to." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down to." go down there uh, and experience it. We've known Tori. We've had Tori on the show since he's been the manager of the Diamondbacks. Gambo mentioned for a weekly segment. From what I understand, I don't know all the details. From what I understand, he made a visit to you down there while you were down there playing. Is that Tori seems like a very popular guy among the players. Is it kind of stuff like that that makes him such a popular guy with the players? Yeah, I mean, I think he he definitely cares. I think that's uh, one big thing. Uh, cares about not only you as a baseball player, but you as a person. So uh, yeah, seeing him down there was, was cool. It wasn't just a vacation. He wasn't just trying to get a little extra uh, vacation time and used it as I a right off a business expense type of thing. You he know was what? hanging out with uh, Pipe a lot. so yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I mean, he might have been the, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go to the beach and I'll go see Pavin. I just assumed he was there to see you, but it might yeah. have been a I think killed, it was killed two birds, killed two birds with one stone type of <laughs> but thing. But did you feel like the Dominican, were those the at-bats that you needed that you would have missed out on? Those the at-bats you needed to kind of get you where you felt like you needed to be going into this whole thing? Yeah, and it's competitive down there, too. A lot of big league pitchers. Uh, you know, you go out, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You get to experience kind of what uh, the Dominican players feel like here sometimes, so it's a good perspective on things. All right, let's 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 talk about position-wise because this, this, there's a glutton of outfield, especially with Lewis coming in Goriel. You did lose Varshow, but you got Corbin, you got McCarthy, you got Alec. You know, for, do you feel like you can get a lot of at-bats at first base as Designated hitter, where are you feeling you're best suited right now on this team? Yeah, I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. Uh, I think I do better just staying in my own lane and letting uh, the people that make those decisions make those decisions. It's uh, it's better for me mentally, you know, not worry about. And you can still like root for your teammates that way, you know. Uh, I want everyone to do 
as best as they can and, you know, just to help the team win. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Because yeah. if you're in competition, then you kind of want guys to do poorly. Right. They get up to the plate, you're like, I hope he makes it out. You know, even though it's your teammate. So it's much better to not have that problem. Let's talk about first base. I mean, how many, you know, how much uh, experience do you have at that position? Or you've got a little, but but how much overall? Uh, yeah, I grew up as a first baseman. You know, played college at first, was drafted as a first baseman. Most of my games in the minor leagues were first base, so I feel pretty comfortable. And then you transitioned to outfield at what point? Uh, like the very end of 2019 when we traded for Seth Beer. Uh, you know, trying to just see what it, what it's like out there. I played a little bit of there in college when uh, uh, our center fielder would go pitch. So uh, I feel comfortable both. Paven Smith, our guest here on the Burns and Yambo show. It's it's been the topic of the spring so far, and I'm just kind of curious to get your perspective of pitch clocks mm-hmm. and the shifts and the bigger bases and and everything. And I know everyone's got a different opinion about whether it's good for the game, bad for the game, and different for the game as a guy who makes a living off of the game. How do you feel about the changes that have been made? Uh, to be honest, I like them a lot. Uh, which one? Which one's the best? Well, if I don't, if I could only pick one to have for the year, it would definitely be the shift because oh, it helps me the most. Uh, Brett, because lefty, it is, it is what we, exactly what we were talking with Corbin killed. Carroll about, right? Like yeah. lefties on this team, lefties on any team, really. It seems like this is going to be a big benefit for you, right? Yeah, you can't just throw someone out in, in right field. Uh, so, yeah, that. And then, obviously, I mean, I do like the pitch clock. It makes games go quicker, which I think is good for everyone. Just a, a brisker. Yeah. As, a, as a player, are you more engaged when it's a brisker pitch? Pace? Is it easier to? I mean, not the, you're going to be engaged no matter what because right. it's your living. But is it is it just a more natural flow when it kind of has that movement and that pace to it? Yeah, no one wants to just stand on defense for an hour, you know. Yeah. So just to be able to have things go quick, uh, we always liked playing for guys that worked quick, you know, on defense. Yeah. So now everyone is. So it's just a just a it's better for us. I think. Okay. Yeah. How about the you know when you when you look at the the bases and the the ability to only throw over two times. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a first baseman, you know, does that change your approach? Holding a runner on, not hold. If a pitcher throws over two times and he can't throw over again, will it change your approach to like you don't have to cover the? You know, can you yeah. come off the bag? Yeah, and I, give yourself a little more opportunity to cover more ground. I haven't really thought about that. That's a good point. Uh, That's what we bring I'm, to this table, yeah. Yeah, Dave, and we bring good points to the table. <laughs> you throw over, you throw over twice. What's the use of what's the use of staying on the bag? You don't need to hold the runner on anymore. You can't throw over again well, unless, unless, and I brought this up yesterday. Unless you go quick pitch and you start to do pitch out with the catcher, right? And you try to get the guy there because he may think, okay, I can get an extra two steps here. Mm-hmm. And instead, you go pitch out, especially if it's a right-handed hitter. You throw down to first, so that may be why you might miss to cover the guy. I think too much about this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, though. Here's the thing: you listen to us long enough, we'll make bad points too. <laughs> I mean, you just we'll, we'll cover. I mean, we'll, we'll make he, good points. He will. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to help. You know, the the speed that we got in the top of the lineup. I mean, I, the first spring training game, it was Corbin gets a hit on the first pitch, and then he steals on the next one, and we've got a guy in second base already. And then Jake gets on, and uh, I think he had like five stolen pace attempts, and we fouled them all off. He had a little uh, <laughs> kind of like a suicides in basketball, just going back just and get, forth. Yeah, right, like yeah. again, or like Herb Brooks and Miracle, again, running yeah. again, right? right? He just kept yeah. going back and forth. Yep. Do you do you find that you need to work to try to relax the spring, or, or do you feel yourself putting pressure on yourself knowing kind of what might be at stake for you this spring? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the more pressure you put on yourself, the probably the worse you're going to perform. So yeah. I just don't think about it. Uh, just 
Yeah, just go about your, your business every day and just have fun with the guys and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. The speed on this team is pretty remarkable. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked so much with Alec and Corbin. We just had the, the ability to go from first to third, the ability to score on from first on anything hit in the gap. Have you ever seen anything like it? Yeah, Even in college? No, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Jake has a term for it. It's, it's uh, chaos. We just create create, uh, create chaos. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to see like the other defense kind of scrambling out there. Does anybody, okay, so this is the running debate now. We had we, we in rapid-fire succession, Corbin, and then Alec, and then you. And it started with Cor- apparently it started with Jordan Lawler yesterday. Yeah, I was we had Lawler on. We had Lawler on yesterday, and he claims first to third that he's beaten Corbin Carroll. I don't believe it. <laughs> you don't believe it? Okay. Nobody okay. seems. Nobody to. seems to believe this. Um, Alex Thomas was like, "Yeah, no. I mean, he's fast, but it not not like that. I, I mean, not that we want to set something up like this. But is there anybody that you would take over Corbin Carroll? In I wouldn't. But apparently Corbin tells me that Dre is super fast. Really? That Dre Jameson can put give, give him a good run and even Although, beat him in a race. Alec told us somebody was number somebody different was number one going from first to home on this team. It wasn't Corbin. It really? Yeah, he just yeah. I, I, I already forgot who he said somebody that was. was. Who was it? Buddy. Buddy Kennedy. Oh, Buddy Kennedy. Kennedy. That's right. Buddy Kennedy was faster going from first to home. Uh, All right, so here's the. Listen, <laughs> I forget that. He was like, I just don't ask me, man. He, he, oh, here's some numbers I wanted to run by you because this blew my mind, and I've been kind of, I've been kind of trying to remember when I when I said this to myself. But left-handed hitters on base percentage, batting average. So left-handed hitters on base percentage, three oh nine. Batting average, two thirty six. Last season were the worst in the last twenty one years because right. because of the shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy numbers all across the board. With, you know, there were fewer left-handed hitters in Major League Baseball last year than any time in the past two decades. From 2013 to 2022, at bats by lefties dropped 12 percent. They accounted for 44 percent of the at bats a decade ago, but only 39 percent last year. The shift just killed left-handed hitters. They lost 29 points off their batting average from 265 to 236. 22 points when they put the ball in play, um, but they did hit home runs at a higher rate. Like, like it's incredible what the shift did to left-handed hitters. Yeah, and you, I mean, righties, you can't put some out in left field because it's so far away from first base. Uh, and I do think it's funny when people try to say, just hit it to third base. Well, they're throwing they're throwing to the shift, too, so they're, they'll throw 98 insides Inside. where you can't yeah. hit it the other way. They're not so. throwing on the outside part of the play yeah. where you could punch it into the, uh, to right. the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Paven, we appreciated the conversation. Thanks for putting up with us. Thank we, you. We, we're, yeah, we're a little sun-drenched out here. So <laughs> Thank you, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Paven Smith it. joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, yeah, it's a little bit past 4 o'clock, but that's okay. We'll get you caught up on everything going on in sports. The 4 o'clock reset is next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona, Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Four o'clock reset. Albeit about 15 minutes late. That's all right. We still got to get, get you caught up on everything going it's on. It's the 416 reset. It's the 416. Re- you know what? We're bonus, so it actually is the halfway point of the Burns and Gambo show today. Technically, we're not inaccurate. We are live from Salt River Fields. Diamondbacks wrapped up another spring training game. They dropped one of the White Sox today, 4-1. to one. That is not the biggest 
biggest news of the day. The biggest news of the day. I feel great. I've been uh, looking forward to uh, getting this opportunity to play again. It's been a long time. That was Kevin Durant. That sound courtesy the Phoenix Suns themselves. They announced today that all-star forward Kevin Durant expected to make his debut with the team tomorrow in Charlotte. The game begins at 5 Gambo. You'll hear it right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, and 98-7 in the Arizona Listen, Sports. I, I don't know how to judge him, but one of the most anticipated debuts by a professional athlete in this town and you know my time here it's right up there you know i don't know if it, you know shilling yes. Randy johnson you try to think of players that came over i mean this is you know i wasn't here when barkley came but i imagine it was very similar with barkley as it is with kd it was it's, i mean it's definitely top three four top three I mean, does Chris, does Chris Paul compare? I think this is bigger. I think it's bigger, too. I'm just trying to figure out, uh, probably because Kevin Durant is just more in his prime than well, Chris was, you know? I think it's different. We consider Chris Paul one of the best point guards to play this game. We consider Kevin Durant one of the best players to ever play this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it certainly is one of the biggest, and we're very happy we're going to have Now, it'll make for a shorter show for us tomorrow. That's okay. We think it's very worth it uh, to bring you that game tomorrow. The official injury report. Kevin Durant, they're listening was probable for the Hornets game. Landry Shamit remains out. No LaMelo Ball or Cody Martin for Charlotte. P.J. Washington is doubtful for LaMelo Ball out for the season with that ankle injury. His yeah, he was just dribbling the ball, going back and forth, and he just kind of collapsed on that ankle. There was no contact. He was just trying to make a shifty move in the game last night. He got off to a great start, too. And then, uh, you know, obviously fractured the ankle, so expect he'll be out for the season. Now, as far as Durant goes, he told AZ Central's Dwayne Rankin that he has been without pain in his knee for a few weeks. Monty Williams did confirm Kevin Durant will be on a minutes restriction tomorrow. Said he doesn't know yet if KD will get a game off, similar to how the Suns handled the returns for Devin Booker and Cam Johnson. Remember, neither one of them played the game after the game they came back. For the Suns, that would, I believe, be Friday against the Chicago Bulls. I have to look at the schedule to be sure. But The I th- Bulls who just released Goran Dragic. The Bulls who just released Goran Dragic, and we'll get to that in a moment a little bit later as we scroll down to the NBA. In the meantime, the other big story of the day, or part of the other big stories today, the, the scouting combine started in the NFL. Monty Fort held a press conference today, as they all do from the combine, and said when it comes to that third pick, the phones are open. It presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number three, and so we'll be prepared to, to pick a player at number three, you know, and we'll also, uh, our, our phones will be open, and, and I'm open to hearing any conversation about anybody that's willing to willing to come up. Phone lines are open. Give me a call, says Wandy. Call, call me. Yeah, just because you be the, you know, when you when you when it goes to voicemail, you just say you should have the Blondie song. Call me. Of course. I mean, you have to. You have to consider every option. I mean, whether you keep the pick or trade it. You know, look, you may be thinking I want to keep the pick. There's a great player there, but if somebody blows you away with an offer that could really help the rebuild, you got to consider it. Something else, Monty Austin Fort was asked about today, and that was Isaiah Simmons and his fifth year option. And here's what he had to say: We have until May to make that decision, and we'll we'll make that decision when it's a. So we still got some time on Isaiah, but you know I know Isaiah is an extremely talented player, and he's big, he's long, he's fast, and, and uh, you know I think I think we'll be able to find a, a good way to use him this year. I, I expect that 
this coaching staff is going to develop these guys a little bit differently than the other coaching staff, and I think that that's a good thing. Now, whether they decide that he's a Swiss Army knife, they got to use him a whole different uh, places, or they could really focus in on one. We know he could play, you know, seven, eight different positions all over the field. We know he's talented like that, but I'd really like to see them get the most out of him in one spot, whether that's safety or slot corner or rushing the pass or whatever they decide from him. He's a talented kid. They just got to get more out of him. Yeah, meanwhile, other news from the Cardinals, and technically this did happen yesterday, but we certainly want to acknowledge it. Adrian Wilson, Ring of Honor member of the Arizona Cardinals organization, moving on from the team. He's agreed to terms with the Carolina Panthers to be their VP of player personnel. Um, he is leaving the organization after you know Ring of Honor, five-time Pro Bowl safety, 12 seasons with the Cardinals as a player, one of only six players in the history of the NFL with at least 25 sacks and 25 interceptions. Yeah. Hate to see A-Dub go. He's got to work real closely with the GM over there, Scott uh, Fitterer, uh, and the assistant general manager, Dan Morgan. But the interesting thing is that Fitterer, the GM, has never worked with Wilson at all. But the Panthers head coach, Frank Reich, did. Reich was on the Cardinals staff when Wilson was in his final season. So when, when Adrian Wilson in 2012 was in his final year with the Cardinals, Frank Reich was here as a coach. So there is some familiarity there between the head coach of Carolina and now Adrian Wilson. ASU men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley was on Bickley and Murata this morning. His team, of course, the big upset against U of A on Tucson, in Tucson on the buzzer beater on Saturday. He doesn't think the team is getting the respect and that extra boost that they were looking for. I don't think we, for whatever reason we are, and uh, that's beyond our control, but you know, I can tell you, you know, you win a game like that, we have other road wins at Oregon and Colorado, we have a bunch of road wins and neutral wins. I don't get it. We're 20-9, and nine, and there are teams that have 13, 14 losses <laughs> yeah. are, are considered like right in the NCAA tournament. Makes no sense to me. Says they got bumped, what, seven spots in the net rating from that, which is kind of the overall number the committee uses. I think he was hoping for a little bit more than that. I don't think they're non-conference schedule is, good, is as good as he thinks it is. The VCU, the Michigan win. Don't forget that San Francisco loss was a doozy. So, I don't think that they had a great non-conference schedule, and I think that hurts them quite a bit. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, two big games this week for ASU at UCLA, Split. Split. at USC. Win one. Split, you're in. And I think they're in a really good spot. Split, and I think you're in, especially if you, you know, the UCLA, either win would do great for them, because if you beat USC, it probably vaults you ahead of USC. If you beat UCLA, you're beating you know a team that's right now projected to maybe have a number one rating. So, but they've never and they've never lost at home this year. They haven't lost at home. So, I think a, a, either one, either one of those, if they can get a win in either one of those games, they'll be fine. If they lose both, you would have to assume that they're not in the tournament going into the Pac-12 tournament. All right, uh, back to the NBA news. Uh, let's just start with it because you mentioned it. The Bulls have waived Goran Dragic. Tomorrow is the deadline to have a player rostered to be able to have them available for the postseason. He did a decent job with the Brooklyn Nets last year when in the playoffs. They picked him up for the stretch run. I wonder if the Suns will have any interest in adding a little more point guard yeah, depth. I, I, I'm going to say I doubt it, and it's fascinating to me. Every time a team, the Chicago Bulls are a half a game out of a playoff spot. They're, they're three games out of being a seven seed or, or the eight seed, and, they, and they're getting rid of them. 
<laughs> why? I mean, why? If, he, if he can help them, why are the Chicago Bulls, who are a half a game out of a playoff spot, how, why are they getting rid of Goran Dragic? If he can help them, it doesn't like this is the fascinating part about the buyout market for me. Not when a player gets bought out on a really bad team, but when a player gets bought out and he's on a good team or a team that's at least fighting to get to the playoffs and that team doesn't want him. Yeah. I think it says a lot. Free agent guard Will Barton is signing with the Toronto Raptors. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, he was a player that I know you had said late last week, early this week, that you didn't think the Suns were going to have interest in him. But I know we had talked about him a couple of times, wondering whether he would end up here or not. He goes to Toronto. Yeah, my gut now. feeling is that the Suns are done, that there isn't any more of these buyout guys that they're interested in. They got Terrence Ross. Their roster's set. They'd have to waive somebody. I, I don't I don't think they'll be making any of the other adjustments. I think they like the continuity. Toronto's right now ninth in the East, so they're getting Barton trying to trying to hold off, you know, the, the Bulls and the Wizards and uh, the Pacers and the teams that are, you know, chasing them right now. Yeah. Uh, and then from the also from the NBA, just real quick, the Lakers expect to reassess LeBron James injured right foot in two weeks wow. to see how much progress he has made. The timeline for his return is expected to extend beyond that two-week checkpoint. I think they're dead. I think they're dead, too. I think this buries them. They are right now um, 12th in the West. They're 12th, right. They're, they're basically a half game behind the Pelicans. Uh, the Blazers are playing well with Dame. I don't think the Lakers without LeBron are going to be able to. And even though this, it's very tight, I would be surprised if they're able to overcome that deficit. All right, more, NF- deficit. more NFL news. According to the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, there has been little or no conversation between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers since their end-of-season meetings. And until they reconvene... Uh, they will not commit publicly about who the quarterback will be. This he, was in, he was in some cave in Oregon. How are you going to communicate? There's no cell service there. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, can you, call, you, you can't can't call. call. goes right to voicemail you're every time. Voice. And when you're in a cave, it's hey. really hard to get cell service. Yeah, it was just there. him and the bats. Uh, the Giants, cautiously optimistic they can reach long-term deals with Daniel Jones and running back Saquon Barth- Barkley. They're both set to become free agents. They're also both candidates for the franchise tag. I know who I wouldn't resign if I were the Giants. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah. Yeah, you hate running backs. I do. I also wouldn't give Daniel Jones forty million dollars a year or forty-five million dollars. He's a nice quarterback. If he, but like, if you get to the point where it's forty-five million dollars a year on a long-term deal, man, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't like. He's okay. Like, he's yeah. a decent quarterback. The problem is that decent quarterbacks are now getting paid like great quarterbacks because teams are so afraid to lose them. So it's a mistake that a lot of teams are making. It's not wrong. According to reports, the Giants also plan on releasing wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that, that was a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, do you see what he did for them? I mean, he... Stugatz, I think, is the word we're looking for, right? He did nothing. I had some numbers here early. I think, you know, he had one touchdown for all the money that they paid him. He had... Let me see if I, if I have it right here. I might may have lost it. But he didn't give them very much. So he had... Oh, here it is right here. $36 million for 43 catches and one touchdown. 36 million bucks. Wow. 43 catches and one touchdown. Wow. That's what they paid him. But they saved themselves a boatload of money. He was going to count $21.4 million against the cap. The Arizona Coyotes going to get a 2025 third-round pick 
for taking on a portion of Patrick Kane's contract as the star winger was traded from the Blackhawks to the New York Rangers. They looped the Coyotes in it somehow. They're taking on 25% of his expiring contract in exchange for a third-round pick. So somehow the Coyotes... Now, the trade deadline in the NHL is coming up on Friday of this week, and obviously a lot of attention focused on the We Coyotes. had Elliot Friedman on yesterday from Sportsnet. I reached out to him over the on Friday and see if he'd come on. He, he got back to me and said he would. So we had him on yesterday, and we broke down the, you know, Chikrin and Gostas Bear and uh, Buchstad and, and, you know, who's going to go. Uh, he feels pretty confident, like I do, that Chikrin will be traded. Coyotes taking on the Flames tonight at 7.30. You'll hear that game on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7. And the Dodgers, Gavin Lux, he's going to miss the 2023 season. The whole season. With a torn right ACL. Oh, I saw that he's happen. out yeah. for the year. Yep, wow. he is out for the year and will not play. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we circle back to our top story of the day. Probable. What is that, you might ask? The injury designation for Kevin Durant. He's probably going to play tomorrow. He is going to play tomorrow. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Live from Salt River Fields. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, I thank our friends over at the Arizona Diamondbacks for hooking us up with uh, three really good guests today. Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Paven Smith all joining us on the Burns and Gamble Alec show. Thomas was funny. He was really funny. He was funny. He was really funny. The, the stuff he said about the face Corbin Carroll makes when he runs is etched into my mm. memory and it will take a long time for it to go away. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm never, every time he runs the bases, I'm going to be looking at his face. <laughs> so am I, and I'm not going to It's on our it. Twitter account, by the way, in case oh, you missed it. If you missed it, go find Follow the Burns and Gambo Twitter account, and you'll hear exactly what Alex Thomas had to say about the face that Corbin Carroll makes when he runs. It's quite funny. Uh, speaking of our Twitter account, let's update our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, let's send it back to the Auction Community Studios where Eric Ruby is standing by. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, you're up. What you got for us today? Well, not only do we have that Alec Thomas video just posted on at Burns and Gambo on Twitter, we also have a video from Ish Wainwright earlier in the show talking about throwing up when he learned that the Suns were going to sign him long term. That was also funny. Incredible stuff on at Burns and Gambo, including this poll question. If the Cardinals stay at number three overall in this NFL draft and both of these players are available, who should they take? Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter? Now, the news came out yesterday when I was gone that Jalen Carter's not going to do anything at the Combine at all. Will Anderson's going to do a couple of things, right? That's sort of the plan going in. Not that that makes any difference. I say Will Anderson... I go Jalen Carter. I don't think either answer is, like, really wrong. It's just kind of more of a taste sort of thing, a preference sort of thing. But, but yeah, that's how we vote. I think this debate's going to be around with us for a while. What's our audience say on this one? It's gotten closer in the last okay. two hours, but still leading the way at 54.3% is Will Anderson Jr. at 45.7%. It's Jalen Carter. Okay. Yeah, Ooh, I, I think close. this is going to be a very 50-50 kind of thing. Honestly, right up until the time the Cardinals either are at three making a pick or when they trade the pick for something else. We'll talk about some of those possibilities a little bit later, but I think this is going to be a pretty 50-50 thing. All right, so we just did, we did a 4 o'clock reset a little late today, uh, but that's cool. We don't mind. Um, our top story of the day, of course, was the announcement that came from the Suns today, their own Twitter account. It's interesting that they're listing him as probable for tomorrow's game when they already announced on their Twitter account that he's going to make his Suns debut tomorrow. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's probable. He's playing tomorrow, it sounds like. And you said it during the reset. It is 
gonna be one of the most anticipated debuts for any player in any sport in the history of Phoenix sports. I mean, it we're just so much so that that was a game that we were going to put on six twenty tomorrow, and it's going to be right here on Arizona yeah. Sports tomorrow at five o'clock. You know, you think about even when Randy Johnson, you know, came here, he was coming to a bad baseball team, right? Um, it wasn't like a team that you know was going to like Kevin Durant is coming to the Suns in the you know with the playoffs right around the corner and a team has a chance to win a championship like it's just different i think it's different from you know anything that we've ever seen in this market as long as i've been here i can't relate anything to that to be honest with you um of an acquisition there's been plenty of good players that have come to teams and stretch runs and things like that but you truly are talking about i said this about you know you meant you mentioned chris paul yeah chris paul's considered one of the great point guards in the history of this game but kevin durant's one of the greatest players in the history of the game i think there's a, a difference there. Chris is really considered one of the best at his position, but there are, you know, you know, you make the argument that you know Magic Johnson was a better point guard. You can make the argument Isaiah Thomas was a better point guard. Oscar sure. Robertson, Kevin Durant is truly one of the great players that's ever laced up the sneakers. I'll go back to something you said when Chris made his debut with the Suns um, in that whole off season leading up to Chris making his debut. We thought Chris was going to make the Suns good. We had no idea he was going to make them great. Uh, you. You know, I, I remember thinking on their best day, the Suns are going to be the fourth seed in the West. I, I think we had thought they were going to be like a sixth seed with Chris Paul. Nobody anticipated that Chris was going to make that dramatic of a difference as he did when he walked in the door. With KD, that to me is the difference. KD is like... Okay, we are expecting him to make a dramatic difference. We are expecting him to be the missing piece. We're expecting him to be the guy that eventually will lead them to a championship. If not this year, then certainly next. And and those are higher, far, far higher expectations than Chris ever brought to the table when he made his debut. And that, to me, is not is what makes it not close. I mean, really, I think you go back to Barkley. I think you go back to Randy Johnson making his first start for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think you have to talk about some of the truly great luminaries in the history of Arizona sports and when they played their first ever game. Where you, and, and the other thing is they had to be established great players. Like Fitz making his debut. Yeah, we were excited about it. Not like this, because nobody knew how great Fitz was going to no. be. You have to be an established, elite superstar making your debut. How about... And I we just haven't had a lot I of got those. one for you. Yeah. Jake Plummer with the Cardinals. Um, well, God, he was so loved. The snake. He was. He took them to the Rose Bowl. They almost won the national championship when Jake Plummer made his debut with the Cardinals. I remember that season very well because wasn't that the one where they were, when Kent Graham, Kent Graham got hurt down on the field, Sun Devil Stadium, and the crowd cheered because Plummer was coming. They knew in. it was Plummer time. Mm-hmm. It was time. And I remember not cheering that Kent Graham was down, but I remember being very excited to see Jake. I don't think to he, this day, Ken Graham swears he never played for the Cardinals. <laughs> never played for the Cardinals. <laughs> it's look, it's in rarefied. It, it's Jake's a good one. Charles is a good one. Kurt, Randy, um, Matt Leinart. I was really excited when Matt Leinart made his debut. I'm not going to lie to you. I won national championships in college. I thought he was going to be the guy. I, I I remember very well thinking it's about damn time he's out there. I because I thought he was going to be the guy. I can't remember the exact day or the exact game, but I remember feeling like it was everything was just a ticking clock waiting for him to make his debut. Now, what we don't know, we don't know who the fifth starter will be tomorrow. 
Um, Monty has said in the past it might bounce back and forth between Tory Craig and Josh Okogie, depending on matchups. Probably. Okay. We don't know if Kevin Durant will play in the following game. Devin didn't, coming back from injury. Cam Johnson didn't, coming back from injury. I think there's a decent chance that Kevin Durant doesn't. It doesn't play Friday against Chicago just to kind of manage him and make sure everything's okay. But this is, I, I mean, this is rarefied air, Gambo. We're, we're talking about a guy that most people around here really believe is the key to the Suns getting their first ever championship after 50-plus years of existence. And when you're talking about one of the best, best players in the history of the NBA, it's it's hard not to be excited about that. No, I mean, I just, and, and the interesting part is just, Man, doesn't it seem like they traded him from, like, months ago? It does. Right? It I does. mean, it's, Kevin Durant's been his son well, for a long time. And I think that's also part of the excitement for tomorrow. There's been a crap ton of buildup for it. I mean, not just in the last two weeks. Dating back to last summer. Right. right. On right. June 30th, yeah. when Kevin Durant wants out and he wants to go to the Phoenix Suns, we there are some of us who have been dreaming about this day since that day. Right. Like, oh, my God, can you imagine Kevin Durant in a Phoenix Suns uniform? For, for some of us forever Suns fans, we've been thinking about tomorrow since June 30th of 2022. So, fair, so that's, a, that's fair. That's a really good point. And then, you know, I'm looking like Mikael Bridges has already played one, two, three, four, five games he's already played with the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mikael Bridges played with the Nets on February 11th. Yeah. Kevin Durant's going to make his debut for the Phoenix Suns in March. Mikael Bridges played on March, on February 11th, and then February 13th and 15th, and then uh, the 24th, the 20th. So, like, it's it like to think about how long Kevin Durant has been a son. Now, remember, Mikael Bridges, he played on the 11th, but he was also, he was also, um, like, the day before, he didn't like he hadn't played. This is Mikhail's uh, log right here. There was a game when when they they played, but he didn't play, which was like the tenth or the ninth yeah. that he was on their on the roster and they didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play, and and he um, I I kind of lost track of Mikhail since the forty five point game. He had thirteen against the Bulls, uh, and then he had twenty four um, with five rebounds, three assists, two blocks, two steals. Very Mikhail Bridges, no turnovers. He played well he's against shooting, Atlanta, he's even though like they lost fifty percent from three point range with them. Good he's for 12 for 25 Good from three-point range. I'm happy for him. He's killing it. Yeah. Like He's been great for them. I'm happy for him. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm happier for us here in the Valley. I'm happier that we that we get to see how this all turns out starting tomorrow. And, and now it's a 20-game yeah. sprint to the end. I think I'll listen. As much as, like, I will, I, I, I would probably not have done the trade, but I think you could, I mean, you could obviously look at it either way. Um, I think I would have rather had the assets and kept Cam and McHale and had that window number two open for a longer period of time. Um, but I totally understand why you did it, and I don't. I don't think no matter what happens, I don't think we could second guess this. I don't think we can come back and tell you, "Oh, what a waste! That was so stupid. They shouldn't have done it." Because we got to think about the the time right now. Man, this West is wide open. The West is wide open. The Denver Nuggets are the number one seed. Sorry, Mitch. Like they don't feel like they're that good. Like I think Barkley still loves the Nuggets. I don't get it. Like I don't. I don't really buy why everybody. I'll be shocked if the Nuggets make the West that make make the NBA Finals. I'll be shocked. I would be surprised. Eh, shocked, just a little strong. I'd be surprised. I, I'd be surprised too. But then, you know, I'm just so all in on the Suns team. This was the note I was looking for earlier. Okay. Um, with Kevin Durant returning, this is from uh, Matt Peterson, a buddy of mine on Twitter. With Kevin Durant returning, tomorrow will mark just the eighth time in 63 games that the Phoenix Suns will put out their intended starting lineup for the season. 
They, they've they've not been able to do what they're yeah. doing tomorrow for basically the first what fifty four, fifty five games right. of the season. Right, uh, and they're still in fourth place in the Western Conference. So they're going to go into that. they're going to go into the NBA, and a lot of these teams that have added players, there were a lot of teams that are adding bench players and stuff like that. Uh, look, the Clippers haven't won a game since they got Westbrook. By the way, they're zero two, but the Suns will go into the NBA playoffs with a starting five that is probably only played together between twelve and fifteen times. Yeah, whatever their starting five is, you're going to see a stat. They'll put it up there when the game starts. I mean, this starting five is only played together twelve times, thirteen times, fourteen, fifteen. I mean, that's going to be interesting because it's going to be a starting five that just doesn't have a lot of cohesion together. No doubt. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when it comes to Kevin Durant. Now that the Cardinals coaching staff and front office have been put together, the plans for the drafts, we'll get into some of the comments made by the new coach and GM today next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Attaboy, bitch. Oh, come on. Give me a little more. more. Is this her big hit? Huh? This was her big hit? This is one of her big hits. One way or another. Yeah. One way or another. one of the weirdest songs about like a monster eating cars and stuff. Remember that? No. I don't. uh, Rapture or something? Oh, wow. Blondie Rapture? No, I don't remember that. And eating cars and uh, it's weird. Weird song. This one or one way or another would be your two big hits. Yeah, no about uh, the reason we're playing one more time, bitch. Just just go right here, right here. Go. This is uh, Monty Austin Fort from the NFL Combine, the general manager of the Cardinals, saying, "Yeah, call me." It's a position that I hope that we're not in uh, too many more years. You know, it's a, it's it's one of those that it uh, it presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number three, and so we'll be prepared to, to pick a player at number three. You know, and we'll also uh, our our phones will be open, and and I'm open to hearing any conversation about anybody that's willing to. Willing to come up? Give me a ring. Give me a ring. Heart of Glass was a bigger hit. Oh, Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass was a bigger hit. I just didn't like that one as much. Oh, that was a real. I thought that one was better. Uh Rapture was the song I was talking about, about like eating cars and everything. Weird song. (laughs) I don't don't remember. It's a weird song. I don't remember that song. Go look at the lyrics to Rapture. Okay. Yeah, they got to be open for business. That doesn't mean they're going to trade the pick. Listen, I think they're in a really good spot. This news about Chicago trading the pick, you could look at it two ways, good or bad. I don't look at it as a bad thing that Chicago may trade the pick. Because if Chicago, you know, if Chicago trades the pick, then a quarterback is definitely going one and two. Okay, quarterbacks are going one and two, and that may put you in a, in a tougher spot. But there's still going to be three good quarterbacks. You might still be able to make a trade. The feeling was Chicago stays at one. They make a pick. They draft one of the defensive guys, and then a quarterback goes two. And then you're sitting there at number three, and you're in a great position to trade for the number two quarterback. So there's two ways to look at it. The number one is Chicago keeps the pick. They take the best defensive player, and then you've got a position to trade number three for the second best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or you could look at it the other way, and I'm trying to look at it like this. If quarterbacks go one and two because Chicago traded the pick, you're sitting there at number three with the ability to draft either Carter or Anderson. Now, you are going to have a higher grade on one of them. Of course. You're going to have a higher grade on one of them. So you're going to do all your scouting, you're going to debate it, and you're going to go through the uh, the pro days and the combines and the interviews, and, and you're going to make a determination of which guy you 
you like better. If the Bears trade that pick for a, to somebody who's going to draft a quarterback, you get to pick the guy. You get to pick the best guy that's not a quarterback in the entire draft mm-hmm. that you believe is going to be the best mm-hmm. guy. That's a great. That's and, and it I is mean, it's a great it's way to look. It's at a great. It. It's a great spot to be in. I, I one note on Chicago, and we've talked about this scenario a couple of times. I will be jealous is the wrong word, but if they can parlay this into trading from one to two, and then from two until four. And still, you know, and still get whichever Jalen Carter or Will Anderson is there at four yeah, home run, and get all of those. I mean, that that if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, I'm salivating over that prospect. You could you tell me, I'm getting the second best player that's not a quarterback in the draft, and the picks that come with moving from one to two, and then from two to four. It is. It's just you drool over something like that. But no, you're not wrong. And the Cardinals are in a really good spot. I, I think. I, I think the big debate for the organization will be how far do we want to fall? What's our cutoff? Where do we? How, how far do Nine. we dip before we don't like what's down there? Before you know, because you'll have opportunities to move. Nine. How far do you want to fall? No further than nine. Is that for you? The number? Number nine. Because I still think if you're in the top ten, that you're going to end up with the. You know, my philosophy is real simple. You got to get the best player at a position of need for your team. And so, if you fall any further, like if you're getting the second, third best player in a position, then I think you went too far down. You got to be able to say, okay, we moved out and we got all this draft capital, and we still ended up with the best offensive lineman in the draft. We still ended up with the number one ranked quarterback in the entire draft. You, you have to put yourself in a position when you're drafting this high and you're going to trade. You don't want to fall down to 14 or 15 and you get somewhere where, you know, now you're taking a defensive lineman, but he's the fourth best defensive lineman. Or you're taking the third best cornerback. I don't want to go that far down. Uh, I'd rather just, you know, stay where I am and make the pick if that's going to be the case. Now, Jonathan Gannon, coach of the Cardinals, uh, also made his debut at the Combine today. The Combine's not only just, you know, for the players to go out there and run around in their underwear and everybody, you know, with the notepads and the stopwatches and all that stuff. Why it's do all... they say they run around in their underwear? Well, they, they, they call it the Underwear Olympics. That's kind of like the nickname. I mean, because it's not their underwear, but, well, I mean, Tom Brady was in his underwear. You remember that famous photo? Was in his underwear. He was standing there in his boxers, looking about as scrawny as he could, right? And I don't think anybody at the time thought, there goes the best quarterback who ever lived. going to be better than Joe Montana <laughs> right gonna there. going to be the best in the history of the game, this scrawny guy standing there in his boxers. Um, they also do media availabilities for all these coaches and GMs. Gannon was asked the question about Anderson versus Carter. Here's what he said. Those are two premium positions with how we want to play defense in Arizona because we know that they're impact positions. Uh, so we'll evaluate those guys like we evaluate everybody, but uh, you know those are premium positions, and and uh, if they fit being an Arizona Cardinal, then then we'll uh, make that make that call. Very noncommittal, as you expect. Didn't really reveal anything, as you would expect. Um, our poll question today is which one would you take? It's basically running 50-50 right now. I, I think it's going to be like that until the Cardinals either trade the pick or make the pick. I think most fans here are going to yeah. be split. That scares me a little bit because, you know, the, these two players are both very highly rated, but one of them is going to be better than the other. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, and Gannon's not going to tip his hand as to which one. I, I'm sure right now, I guarantee you right now, 
Monty Austin Fort knows which one he would take. And Jonathan Gannon knows which one he would you take. You could build a defense around either one of those guys. Yep. I truly believe that. You could build a defense around either one. They know. They, they, they've seen enough tape. They've watched enough games. They, they know which one they'd rather have. It's, look, you said Carter, I said Anderson, and I don't think either one of us are wrong. It just depends on, you know, is Jalen Carter closer to being the next J.J. Watt slash Aaron Donald, or is Will Anderson closer to being the next Vaughn Miller? And whichever one is closer to that kind of upside that you seek, that's hopefully the one the Cardinals take, because that's, I mean, you're going to tell me the Cardinals have a chance to add the next Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt in his prime when he's 22? Who's going to say no to that, right? No one would not want that. I don't think there will be a consensus either that either one of those guys is better than the other one. I I agree. I just don't, and that's why it's like really difficult because I would expect. I mean, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at a mock draft right now where Jalen Carter is the number one pick, and they say I like Carter ahead of Anderson, especially in terms of the fit with Chicago right now. But Anderson would also work. This is, you know, a mock draft by the Athletic where they they have Carter as number one and an Anderson number three. They like Carter more than Anderson. Now there's other teams that like you know Anderson more. It's just I do. I think it's going to be very difficult, and I think it's going to be. Sp- Split pretty evenly between Anderson and Carter as to who who you know who's the best player available because yeah. you could go either way. NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to many new unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. Depth is great, but depth also can be a problem for a head coach who has to decide who's playing and who's not. Monty Williams spoke on it. You'll hear him next on the Burns and Gambo Show.